Chapter 9 Rock Bottom and Digging Rock Bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. J.K. Rowling I had dabbled in fitness when a friend of ours asked me to store his piece of equipment at my apartment back in Breckenridge some years earlier. It was one of those machines where you could do every kind of press and lift needed for weight training. Basically, an entire home gym in one monstrous contraption. My buddies and I would drink 40 ounces of Mickey's and mess around on it in our free time at night with no clue what we were doing. I had always thought myself to be rather skinny growing up, and hey, I figured that if I kept using this thing, maybe I could put on a little muscle and not be such a damn beanpole. Plus, it might be a good outlet for me since I wasn't getting the same release with snowboarding anymore. I kept at it when I moved to Vegas and eventually purchased my own machine which I set up in my garage. I started working out daily, eventually saw results, and soon discovered my new thing. I decided to take some personal trainer courses and get a certification, and then I applied for and got a job at a 24-hour fitness gym as a personal trainer. It was so cool to be able to make money doing something I was already doing out of enjoyment and personal drive. It was way better than those graveyard shift bartending jobs I kept getting fired from, where the universe itself had practically told me, get out of the bar business, you don't belong here. And it was great to be able to spend all my time in the gym, taking care of my clients and taking care of myself. Over time, fitness became not just a profession, but a way of life, as I got more into it and less into drinking and partying. You'd think all those improvements in my life would have made me a better husband, and technically they did. I was starting to live a much better lifestyle and was a healthier, happier man. But Mackenzie was still into the drinking and partying scene, so we began drifting apart all the more widening the already present cracks in our relationship. But I was ecstatic to be doing something different in an industry I was falling in love with. I would like to note here that I now realize why I loved fitness so much. It was the one thing I could control in a world that felt very much out of control to me. I could choose to exercise and eat clean foods and with that, change my body. Nothing else I was doing allowed me to control the outcome more so than fitness. Maybe it was this desire to control things and my experience and fond memories of being an entrepreneur, but soon I found myself inspired to get out of someone else's gym and open my own business. I took most of my clients from the 24-hour fitness gym and became an independent trainer at another gym across town. It was successful and provided a steady income, but I could never seem to crack the 60k a year mark. Still, I was doing something I loved, and I was my own boss. Being my own boss is the best feeling in the world to me. I can't stand being told what to do or to have to come to work on someone else's schedule. So, in an effort to bring in extra cash as a more respected personal trainer and to challenge myself mentally and physically, I began to up my game by entering bodybuilding competitions. Over the years, I ended up competing in 10 men's physique competitions. I took second, third, fourth, and fifth place, but never first. Truthfully, I found the whole arena to be disappointingly political, with the most deserving contestant not always taking home the prize. However, the overall experience was mostly a positive one. The process of getting ready for each competition took an incredible amount of mental training, along with the physical, because success in those competitions depends as much on one's mindset as on one's conditioning. Preparing for those shows taught me a great deal about myself and how far I was willing to push myself for something I wanted. Though I no longer compete, I'm proud of what I managed to achieve when I did, and I'm very grateful to have experienced that whole world. The lessons I learned have stayed with me to this day. From partying ways to parting ways. Unfortunately, I did not put that same amount of work into strengthening my marriage, and it finally fell apart. 
After admitting to one another and ourselves that we were moving in different directions, Mackenzie and I sadly got a divorce. She will always hold a special place in my heart, as we went through a hell of a lot together. I still wish her nothing but the best. At the time, however, the divorce came as a severe blow. It was a truly crippling time for me emotionally. Yes, it had been mature of us to realize that we had drifted apart and wanted different things out of life, but it didn't make the breakup any easier. I blamed myself for it all too, because when I started getting into fitness and away from partying, I wanted very badly for Mackenzie to come along with me on the journey to a healthier, happier lifestyle. So I began making comments to her about it all the time. As you can imagine, this did not go over well. She started resenting me. At the time, I was upset with her for not seeing that all my hard work was beneficial to her as well as me. Hey, her husband was getting an upgrade. Meanwhile, she wasn't doing anything of similar value that I could benefit from. I transmitted my thoughts about this to her through various comments and complaints, and instead of motivating her, I of course just ended up insulting her. I didn't see then how it was one thing to try to exert control over my own life, but another thing altogether to try to control hers as well. I was doing to her the thing I most hated having others do to me. No surprise, she also hated it. I now know better that you need to let people live their own lives, and you can't or shouldn't force them to do anything that they don't want to do. Back around that same time, our mortgage lender sent me a letter saying that I was eligible for their mortgage reduction program. This was great news. With the breakup, I was barely making ends meet with one income. The opportunity to pay half the amount I was used to paying a month could not have come at a better time. Jumping at the chance, I made sure to take all the necessary steps to complete all the paperwork and make this happen. Then I was instructed by our lender to not make my usual mortgage payments and instead to go ahead and start paying the new reduced amount while they were processing the paperwork. So I did. For a year and a half. After which time I was told that I was not in fact eligible for the program and that I now owed all the past payments in full. WTF! Of course, there was no way I could do that. Then, to add insult to injury, the real estate market crashed, and suddenly I owed far more for the house than it was worth. It was bullshit. I would have no choice but to let the house go on a short sale. After which, having lost both my wife and my home in less than a year, I felt at my lowest point ever. In the hole and out of the house. I had thought that by following and living out my passion, I would find sustaining success. What people don't know is that the narrative is not always true. What is true is the real secret. Following your passion does not mean you'll be coasting on wave after wave of success for the rest of your professional life. Shit will still happen, and always will happen, whether you're sitting in a porta potty or on a toilet made of solid gold. Too often, people believe that once you've found your passion, you're somehow obligated to continue on that path for the rest of your life. That you're some kind of failure or fraud if you choose to let go of that passion and move on to something else. Again, I strongly disagree. I have found that following one's passion can lead to discovering another, or at least a new and different path. You should be open to seeing the signs in case something new and or better opportunities crop up. For instance, fitness is still a passion of mine to this day, but I'm no longer a fitness trainer or a competitive bodybuilder. I don't feel a need to continue along either route, but I can appreciate that for the length of time I did follow those paths, I found them enjoyable and educational and that they served me well. I still work out to this day but no longer with the desperate desire of a man seeking to control some aspect of a life that was increasingly spinning out of control. Now I work out because I love the way it makes me feel, 
And I know when I do that I'm doing something good for myself and creating repercussions of health and strength that contribute to the improvement of every other area of my life. Because real success should encompass every aspect of your life. If you're making the big bucks, but you're a sucky husband or dad, or you're in poor health, or if you're just an asshole, you're only a half-assed success, which is to say, not a real success at all. That's why I was feeling so down when I found myself without a wife, without a home, and in deep debt again. I'd never felt more like a complete failure in my entire life. I slipped into a deep depression and was unable to laugh or smile for months. Failure. Deadbeat. Has been. These words tortured my brain 24 hours a day. I thought of the unthinkable. What about you? I've said it before, you don't have to follow your passion to become a success. But if you play your cards right, your career can become your passion. I only began working out because I was storing that fitness machine for a friend of mine and thought, what the hell, let me give it a try. Once I got started, I began to enjoy the physical challenge. It was fun to keep pushing myself further and to build up my strength and stamina. And when I saw the results, the way exercise made me look and feel, it just made me want to work out more and more. Still, when I was first getting into it, I was working out for my own personal improvement only and not with fitness as a career in mind at all. It just suddenly dawned on me one day that I could turn it into a possible career path. What about you? Do you have a pastime that you would do or that you currently indulge in for free that you can turn into something more? Let's think back on the lockdowns during the pandemic, for instance. People took courses, read books, and watched tutorials, all the while they were sheltering in place. A lot of people have become experts now at things they only had a passing knowledge of before because they wanted to pass the time during quarantine. Then again, a lot of other people binge watch Netflix every day. What about you? Are there any fun or interesting or educational things that you discovered during lockdown that could be turned into something that might financially support you? Or perhaps there is something you did for fun way before the quarantine that, again, wasn't necessarily a passion of yours, but something that still interests you now. Something you're interested in enough to look into further or learn more about and pursue in your free time. You might take a class in something, like a computer program or a certification or a college course that opens up a whole new world for you. You might even become so proficient in it that you end up teaching all you've learned to others. Cha-ching! You might even have picked up something from those shows you binged on. You never know. So, what are you into these days? It could be that you enjoy conversations with others over a shared interest. Then why not start a podcast geared toward that very subject, especially if you can't find one that's already out there to suit your taste? Did you find yourself having fun creating interesting projects or worksheets for your children when you were forced to homeschool them? Why not try selling them online to other homeschoolers or teachers who could use the help? Did you learn a new skill over lockdown? Maybe you can now create a product that you can sell or teach online. Have you learned how to make jewelry, custom decorate phone cases, compose royalty-free music pieces, make toe jam sculptures? Do you have expertise that you can teach on video and sell as a package of lessons? The possibilities are literally endless. The point is, they don't have to be your biggest passion in life in order for you to give them a try as a possible career path or at least as an extra stream of income. Of course, I'm not saying don't follow your passion either. Some people really do have a passion and should at least try to follow it. If you fail, as I keep saying, it's not the end of the world. It'll lead to something better. Plus, you'll have the satisfaction of knowing you've tried. Never trying to follow your passion is something you might regret for the rest of your life. Just don't get hung up on it. 
Some people really do succeed in following their passions way beyond their imagination. Take Brandon Stanton, for instance, a former bond trader from Chicago who, when he lost his job in 2010, decided to follow his dream of moving to New York and becoming a photographer. He even had a large art project in mind, to take photographic portraits of 10,000 New Yorkers and catalog them into a map of the city. In the beginning, he chose his subjects based on their looks. That is, they had to have something visually striking about them to make the photographs more arresting. Over time, however, he found himself drawn to more ordinary New Yorkers, like the ones he spotted standing on subway platforms or sitting on park benches. He started wondering about their personal lives and the stories they could share, and he began going up to them and asking permission to take their photos. After initially encountering some resistance, people were distrustful of a stranger wanting to take their picture, Brandon honed his approach to make himself appear as non-threatening and sincere as possible. It worked, and soon people were spilling out their life stories to him. They even allowed him to record their interviews so that he could pull quotes from them to use as captions for the photos. He posted those portraits weekly onto both his website and his Facebook page under the banner Humans of New York, and the popularity of this online exhibit soared to viral heights. His interviews and photographs inspired empathy from viewers, sparked three book deals, and got him inside Barack Obama's Oval Office. And with the financial support of fans, he's been able to travel internationally and take pictures of humans in other cities and countries, share their stories, and successfully raise millions of dollars for charity causes. According to various sources, in a Google search, his own net worth has been estimated to be between $8 and $10 million. All this from taking pictures of people on the streets of New York. And he may not have ever followed his dream and become the successful artist and impactful philanthropist that he is today had he not lost his job in the first place. Perhaps one of the keys to Brandon's success was his positive attitude. He didn't let the loss of his job bring him down. Rather, he saw it as an opportunity to do something new. He also used a lot of that time to connect with other people. Obviously, he needed to do it for his work, but when he was doing it, he probably didn't immediately recognize the favor he was doing himself. His being able to make those human connections constantly is quite possibly what saved him from going down the rabbit hole of depression. In fact, being and sharing with his fellow humans is what became his trademark. Quite different from where we last left me, alone, without a wife, without a home, and without a shred of hope. I got passed over, and then I got pissed off. An interview with James Epner, serial entrepreneur, internet marketing guru. Have you ever found yourself working for someone who didn't appreciate your contribution to the success of the company? Perhaps you find yourself in that position now. When I left the gym to work as an independent fitness instructor, it was because that was and is my style. Independence, freedom, being my own boss, setting my own hours, and doing my own thing is just how I naturally prefer to work. However, I understand that for others, taking such a big step is more difficult to do. Scary even. Like taking a leap into the unknown. Perhaps you've never run your own business before. Becoming an entrepreneur can be risky, but with the right motivation and ability, it can truly be your road to success. And if you are one of the many who are constantly overlooked for promotions or raises, or you've been fired from jobs you're doing well at, it's probably time for you to leave that bullshit behind and strike out on your own, like James did below. How did it all begin for you, James? I was a fitness manager at the same 24-hour fitness gym that you originally worked at, and at the time, I was working real hard to move up within the company. 
My goal then was to impress the general manager of the area so that I could be offered the club manager position, which was the next position up, the next time it became available. I really stepped it up and did my absolute best, exceeding even my own expectations. I mean, I had our team cold selling fitness on the floor, giving out free sessions, and then doing such great jobs in those sessions that they turned them into $1,500 training sessions. We did so well, in fact, that we smashed our goal for the month, which was $5,000, and made nearly three times as much, close to $15,000. Basically, 300% of our goal. So when the next club manager position opened up, I was pretty confident I'd get it. But to my surprise, I got passed over. Then I got pissed off. I decided right then and there, this is not a company that I want to be a part of anymore. Feeling underappreciated and taken for granted, James decided to start a private personal training service at a different gym. There, he met a man who would change the trajectory of his life, an internet marketing expert named Kevin. Kevin and James started training together and an exchange began. As James taught Kevin fitness, Kevin taught James the skills required to do internet marketing. When he later opened a CrossFit gym of his own, James then turned to those skills in order to attract clients. His self-marketing strategy proved very effective, and in time, James came to realize that if he could offer his marketing services to others, he could create a second business and stream of income for himself. So he created a marketing program for non-competing gyms across the country and reached out to them, and it took off. James started off making around $20,000 a month. Then his business quickly grew to $200,000 a month. Then it grew to $400,000 a month, and in fact, during their peak, the company made over $2 million in a single month. As much as it sucks to have a bad boss and to be underappreciated or even abused at work, sometimes it's just the kick in the pants we need to make us move on toward our true destiny. James already had an ambition and an entrepreneurial spirit within him. That's why he was able to motivate those under him to work the floor and surpass their monthly goal at the gym. But would James ever have branched out on his own if he hadn't been overlooked for a promotion? We can argue that it was his failure to get the job that started the chain of events that would eventually lead James to far greater success than he had dreamed of. I asked him about this. Do you think you would have met Kevin had you gotten the promotion you wanted at 24-hour fitness? No, I would not have met this individual. I mean, the worst thing that could have happened to me, I think, would have been to get the promotion I was looking for, because at some point, it becomes a lot harder to quit. You know, when you're promoted, it's kind of like golden handcuffs. Well, in the end, I would have been somewhat successful. I would have been working 80 hours a week for something like $50,000 a year. And it gets harder and harder to quit the more and more you get promoted. So for me, I never would have been able to start my own business and learn marketing the way I did without meeting Kevin. What advice would you give to someone who failed to achieve the dream or goal that they'd set for themselves, like you with the promotion? My advice would be to constantly learn new skills. Learn as much as you can, whether it's how to market or how to use technology or how to write code for computers or whatever it is. For instance, every day, every month, I would take one of those online learning courses. You know, for $30 a month, you can sign up at lynda.com and you can learn just about anything. You can really turn yourself into a Swiss army knife of skill sets. The reason I think that's so important is because the more that you know and the more that you know how to do, the more ideas come to you. It's very difficult to see a good opportunity if you can't understand how to put it all together. But if you've learned how to build a website and how to get people to click on it, and even if you know exactly how to build landing pages and write emails and all that, 
These things can be learned rather quickly within a couple of online courses, then all of a sudden, ideas start popping for you all the time. And you will see how and what it will take to get it to the finish line. Then it's no longer just a dream. You'll have realistic, reachable goals where you can see exactly what you need to do to get an opportunity started. The more knowledge you have, the more you'll be able to connect dots and see something through to the end. It could be a very lucrative opportunity that you never would have seen had you not learned those skill sets. Here is a clear case of someone being dealt a shitty hand, turning it around, and using it for fertilizer. James invested in himself, added to his skill set, and multiplied that initial investment by the millions. He didn't let another person's evaluation of his value stand in his way of seeing his true worth. It took some years to get there, but the return was truly worth it. I, too, was able to turn the deep shit that threatened to bury me into good, enriching fertilizer. But I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. I would need to reach out and grasp in the dark for a helping hand.